Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. A few little announcements. Tomorrow is Thursday. That means that the DNB is live on Rumble and the DNB XR is live on Rockfin. So one o'clock tomorrow Pacific time, four o'clock Eastern. You can tune into either of those and check us out live. You can there's some ability to comment and maybe we can respond to it, but you'll get the energy and it's on video, which is fun. And also what's Probably the biggest hit on our Locals channel, PropReport.Locals.com, is when Binkley does a live stream. And he's got one that he's been preparing for a while. And you don't even have to be a subscriber. You just have to, you probably have to give your email address, although we don't abuse that privilege at all. Can't speak for Locals, but we don't abuse it. But if you want to just watch the live stream... Check us, uh, check Binkley out tomorrow at propreport.locals.com. And if you want to interact, you do have to subscribe. But um, also, this Saturday, we're going to have a Zoom party. Uh, I think Binkley's got some personal stuff to deal with, but as he has been, which has been awesome of you to continue to do the show when I know your dad is... Need some extra care, but we're going to do a Zoom call on Saturday. I've been soliciting people from around the world to contribute on the propaganda. The rabbit holes are popping up everywhere on the Ukraine crisis, the war in Ukraine. I think we're going to get a lot of really, really interesting back and forth. So if you're a patron saint, you go to the Zoom party and you get to opine. We discuss everybody gets time to say whatever they want. It's a small group and uh, I'll share my Insight. Sometimes we get like to where we say things that we probably couldn't say in, uh, you know, for risk of getting taken down, but we can always do it on the Zoom calls. So that's this Saturday. And uh, I, if you are a patron saint on patreon.com slash propaganda report, you will be able to open the link. I'm going to put the Zoom invitation in a post there tomorrow. Maybe we could get Zelensky. He loves Zoom calls. Oh, does he? And he's so entertaining. Yeah, he's always doing these Zoom calls like he did today as he did his address to Congress this morning where he called on Congress to establish a no-fly zone over Ukraine. He called for more weapons. He called for planes to fight the Russians in the air and for stiffer sanctions against the evil invaders. Steps that he says are necessary not just to protect Ukraine, but to protect the world's democratic values, which sounded very similar to Woodrow Wilson's appeal to America to enter World War One in order to make the world safe for democracy. He was echoing a lot of themes that we hear in the United States in order to seem more relatable to the American people. So he referenced Pearl Harbor, 9-11, and my favorite, he quoted MLK in a kind of strange way saying, I have a dream. You recognize that. I have a need. And then he went on to call for a need for planes to fight the Russians in the air. So it was an interesting segue he used for the I have a dream. But I thought it was a, a unique choice to use the Martin Luther King quote when there have been stories coming out of Ukraine of black people having a hard time leaving because of what seems to be racism, segregation, not allowing them to get on the bus and stuff like that. So I thought that was an interesting choice. He also proposed a union of responsible countries that have the strength and consciousness to stop conflicts immediately. It was a it was a strange call. He kind of threw that in towards the end, and he closed it out with a video montage that was like a tribute to atrocity propaganda, where <laughs> he showed people walking around happy in Ukraine, very sunny day, everything's great. 
cut to a shot of a building being bombed. No people on the streets in most of those, but then it would be intercut with videos of people suffering, of people bleeding, people screaming. You don't know where those videos were taken or when they were taken. There's no real context to it. I guarantee you there's going to be stories coming out about how some of the images they showed were not from this particular conflict. It's like the Propaganda Olympics. It is pretty extraordinary. Here are a couple of other things I noticed, and I'll throw it over to you. They're trying out all their new propaganda tools, their new channels of communications that they have going on right now. He gave the speech virtually. So this was a, an address to Congress through like a Zoom call, which I think was the first time something this big had ever been done in that manner. And it showed him kind of looking like he was worn out and tired. And he got a standing ovation, a one minute standing ovation to open up his talk. And then he got an ovation at the end of it. And Pelosi gave some dude who was sitting down the evil eye. I, she said, stand the F up. And he did. He, she made him stand up for, for the ovation during it. And what I thought was really interesting is when it opened, they're clapping and standing. He's on screen. He's putting the hand to the chest and doing the bow as though he just won Oscar for best performance. He did this at the beginning and the end. Congress might as well have been throwing flowers up on the stage at this guy. It was one of the strangest things I'd ever witnessed, the, the way that people were just participating in this this stunt. Yeah, well, I, I think Putin does that with the Zoom calls. I think he did it with Edward Snowden. He does like four or five hour Q&As. Can you imagine Biden doing oh, wow. that? Uh, I wonder if they put up any images of the cluster bomb that his Nazis dropped on Donetsk. That might have that that was the source of the most atrocious imagery I've come across in this war so far. Yeah. So I encourage people to do their own research on the validity of those pictures. I do not encourage people to look at the pictures because, in my opinion, they are real and they're really awful. They would not be broadcast on TV. Yeah. So for One me, one other yeah. thing, sorry, oh, me interrupt. Oh, he sure, spoke no, in Ukrainian for most of the address with a translator, but then the last minute and a half or so, he spoke in English. Does he really not speak? He, I don't think he does speak good English. He speaks good Russian. Yeah, it wasn't bad English, but, you know, well, he can't be as charismatic if he's speaking his second language. Right, right, right. Did you hear that Netflix is streaming Servants of the People? No. What is that? That's his TV show. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? That's right. So this completely goes along with what I had concluded already. The propaganda is over the top. It's so over the top that I no longer even believe that it's propaganda in the service of generating war support. I now think it's just propaganda in the service of convincing us that this is a big, bad war. I'm more and more moving towards this is this was all arranged in advance. So now I I brought evidence to the XR yesterday that there is a pre-pack piece in the works that they already knew what they were going to do with Ukraine, you know, whatever, recently. Now I'm thinking this whole thing was all set up before any bombs even dropped, that they're trying to set up a Cold War on purpose and they need a lot of propaganda to justify where we're headed. Yeah, something that concerns me about the level of propaganda, because I had a similar thought when I saw a headline yesterday that was something like, 
intelligence, American intelligence agencies say that Russia has achieved zero of its objectives to where it's just this absolute not believable statement. That makes me think about the stories you read about World War II, about how because of the propaganda stories, this is at least what historians say and the truth of it, you know, you can never be certain of, but that because there was so much bad propaganda that was spread around over-the-top fake stories during World War I, that it made the public of the world, of the various countries, disbelieve everything which enabled Hitler to get away with real atrocities because people did not believe the real atrocities. So laying a groundwork of stories coming out of the media worldwide that are just so unbelievable, it could prime the public worldwide to not believe anything, which could then, in a sense, be cover for real atrocities in the future. Maybe. And they would I think that that may fold into how they're setting this up to be Biden's fault. A lot of lies coming out of there, as usual. Um, As far as that zero objectives thing, that was one of the falsehoods in war that we hadn't that I couldn't firmly identify when we did that on a show like a couple of weeks ago, just summary of the falsehoods of war. That was one like the they've achieved nothing wasn't out yet, but now it's out. So the Zelensky speech was actually touted by CNN as having the features, those emotive or whatever manipulative features that you highlighted. But of course, they make it look like it's a virtue or maybe they're just covering up because it was so obvious. I don't know. But CNN says this is the headline. Zelensky taps national psyches of other countries as he appeals to save his own. So now, of course, I realized when I saw all the coverage of the Zelensky thing, I had thought him being a comedian was a joke. But when you look at SNL, Saturday Night Live, like over the years, some of their com- comedians have had such versatility in their role playing that they are really among the finest actors that you see on TV. Yeah, good comedians are good actors because they, have they be. typically take it to a pretty deep level. You have to go pretty dark sometimes to be a good comedian. And they have to have range because yes. you're what you're going to play is different. So so now I realize why they have him. And I, and I'm not saying that this is like fake or anything. It's really tragic. I do believe that in order to placate their Nazis, they have to let them kill people. And when Russia dropped a bomb on the Azov Battalion, the Azov Battalion, I this is my personal interpretation, is that they um, got permission to launch that cluster bomb on Donetsk. I do think that there's some psychos, psychos there who are out for blood, but I don't think that that's the big picture. And I think that's always how it works with these, with yeah. a, like a war that's kind of in the interest of the elite. They do unleash the psychos. Yeah, I agree. I, I was telling my friend, there are people that are dying and there are people that are suffering. And that is tragic. The war is being fought through information. That's where it's, gonna, it's being won and lost. Yes, but I, I actually, my latest revelation is that I don't even think that the war, that it's about winning or losing the war. I think it's about the propaganda making it feel like a real war. That's why they're checking off all the boxes of what real war propaganda yeah. looks like. For me, this is propaganda. Just, that's the whole point of it, because we're about to move into a new phase of the Great Reset, which I want to talk about in the mm-hmm. XR. Um and, you know, as Putin says, it's like shearing a pig. There's a lot of squealing, but not a lot of wool. And that <laughs> I think that's true. So if you want, I can read I have a lot to cover, but um, I can get to it. I can read 
what the CNN guy said. He said, as he wages an existential struggle for his own nation, Zelensky is tapping into the patriotic symbolism, historic traumas, and idealized self-images people have about their countries to encapsulate the desperate plight of his own. Now, this guy really goes overboard with the big words. I don't know who he's trying to talk to. It's like, hope propaganda. Get this. Get this. And tell me if you even recognize what he's talking about. His masterful political conceit on display in his address to Congress on Wednesday is designed to frame the war not as a confusing and far-off dispute bound up in the confusing history of greater Russia, but as everybody's war. So he said his master po- masterful political conceit, I never hear that word used in that way, a yeah. conceit. So I looked it up because I know it is it is like something you come up with like in grand language, it can mean an elaborate metaphor, not just self-aggrandizement. So it says, uh, therefore, Zelensky made the conflict relatable to Americans, He and he wants to pressure Joe Biden to do more by comparing Russia's unstoppable airborne attacks to 9-11 or the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, which... <laughs> are every time I see a choice that has like an alternative history, it frustrates me. Anyway, he squil- skillfully tweaked America's national psyche in invoking Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream refrain to bring alive Ukraine's dream, sovereignty and independence. Right. That's not how it came off, though, when he said it. So this yeah. guy's yeah. So, yeah. So I'm guessing that this guy is just trying to accomplish what they wanted Zelensky to accomplish. But those, so all those, the, all those devices were intentional. Um, but then Biden immediately, like in the wake of that, well, nobody's almost like literally, I, I have a vision of a wake of a ship. He announces $800 million in <laughs> yeah. new security aid for Ukraine. And knowing how corrupt it is over there and how corrupt he has been over there, I, I feel like this is a game to him now. That I mean, I don't, he'll never spend the money. He really wants to leave it to Hunter and the, you know, the illegitimate kid or whatever. Like, I guess there's some legitimate ones too, but. Uh, yeah. So he one just thing, goes for that. One thing about what you said about them planning this all out. The stories today on CNN were Zelensky is going to give a speech where he's going to say this, and then Biden is going to announce this. So it's like pre-news before yeah. the news. Interesting. So that you, so that you, maybe it's so that you don't look at it at the, as the stage play that it is, that it obviously is when you hear them trying to act their way through it. Then, to play their part, Russia sanctioned 13 Americans. Um, and it was funny because Hillary thanked the Russian Academy for her Lifetime Achievement Award, which I thought was clever. Somebody did that cleverly. But it's Hunter and Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> Anthony Blinken, Lloyd Austin, Mark Milley, who's the Joint Chiefs guy, the National Security Advisor, Jake Sullivan, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, of course, and the USAID administrator and former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Cass, I think this is Cass Sunstein's wife, Samantha Power. Isn't she Cass Sunstein's wife? She is famous in her own right, but I can't believe that she made that list of 13. She's bad, 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 but she must be up to no good behind the scenes. That's very interesting because that further makes it look like Russia is connected to Trump and people who are MAGA, MAGA. Because they, that's who they would say. Hunter Biden's a liar. Jin Psaki's a liar. All the same people. Hillary Clinton. Okay, but these are all the people. These are the top people in the administration. Right. I know. Yeah. Okay. So, 
Yes, he didn't. There's tons and tons of articles on why Putin didn't do this while Trump was in office from the left and the right because Biden's weak because Trump's in bed with Russians. That's a whole nother can of worms. Anyway, they announced the similar messages against measures against 313 Canadians. So here's here's my like big kicker is that. Well, you know what? I don't want to step on your stories again, so I'm going to save this for. The XR, Kim Iverson did a whole video on this document from early February that China and Russia signed. Um, it was called something like the Joint Agreement on the Future New World Order, something crazy like that. And I just feel like she highlighted the things that I had also been thinking when I saw that document, it was what inspired me to think of this as them them launching a new two-party system on a world scale, a two-party psyop, really, on a world scale. But then she goes into how booting them from SWIFT could spur them to start a parallel system, which they are, which I also said. And then she says how they're going to try to draft India onto their team, which was another thing I had seen. So maybe I've been fed this stuff. I don't think so. I think it just caught my eye before anybody else noticed it. But You'll be seeing it because there's a lot of articles yeah. about that. Yeah, I, I brought a story last week about India, them trying to get India over and they how they would not allow them to be neutral because that's what that panel discussion at the Council on Foreign Relations emphasized. Are we going to be okay with India being neutral? No, we're not. You're either with us or you're you're or you're either with Ukraine or you're the enemy. So yeah, I can see where that comes in. South Korea, I brought a story last week about how the presidential candidates running were both using AI deepfakes to appeal to younger audiences, speaking the language of the youth as well as using memes in the way that they spoke and making them appeal to be a little bit younger, a little bit hipper, a little bit softer. And the First candidate to do this, the guy who was the opposition party, his name is Yoon Sekul. And he was the first one to use the deep fakes. The other president then used it after he did it. They're putting him in campaign commercials. Well, the opposition president won. For the first time, I believe in history that I'm aware of, we have a country that has elected a deep fake as its president. And they will continue to use the deep fake moving forward to speak to the public. So we will have a deep fake as well as the candidate who molds himself to his deep fakes in his live events. So he becomes more like his deep fake instead of the other way around. He will be speaking in memes in language of the youth. Well, it looks like the trend of deep fake presidents is spreading because a story today says that some hackers made a deep fake showing Zelensky asking his soldiers to lay down their weapons on a Ukrainian news site. It was Ukraine 24. They hacked into the news site. They put the deep fake up there and Strangely enough, this comes just two weeks after the Ukrainian government warned Facebook that it believed Russian President Vladimir Putin would deploy deepfake technology as part of his attempts to overthrow Zelensky's government. And that the deepfake is likely part of the information war, and they say that they are unsure of who is responsible for creating it and putting it online. So deepfakes have emerged a little bit later than I expected, but they have definitely emerged to play a role in presidential candidates and war as of now. I can't believe they're going to keep using it. Using the deepfakes? Yes. Well, it worked for them. That's what people voted for. They voted for the deepfake. So you got to keep using the deepfake. What is strange to me about the South Korea thing is that people were aware of it. At first, they weren't. Some people weren't. But then they became aware of it, and they don't care. They knowingly elected a deepfake AI as president. <laughs> well, that's how I feel about Zelensky. I mean, seriously. 
I, you know what I think it'll, what they have to do is build in flaws. That's how you get it believable. That's and the Matrix yeah. foreshadowed that. Like oh, not yeah, only does glitches. it have to have flaws, it has to have not glitches. No, the Matrix guy said we built you a perfect world, but you wouldn't accept it. You didn't think it was real, so we had to give you a world that had conflict in it to keep you in your pods. Yeah. And I feel like the the deep fakes will be good when they're gl- they're not glitchy, but like like a little blurry or there's some time lapses yeah. or, you know, that was the fatal flaw in the moon landing stuff. They didn't build in the time lapses. Or they're like Zelensky. Zelensky was the everyman as an actor. He wasn't the leading hunk. He was the everyman. So you put the everyman there. It's more relatable, kind of like they're trying to make the deep fakes more relatable. All right. So Republicans today are trying to, in fact, I think they might've gotten a, a stay on this for a couple of weeks, but they're trying to prevent their, email communications from being given to the January 6th committee. And the way their email communications will be given to the January 6th committee is through Salesforce, Hmm. which is the platform, which strangely enough, they call it the Republican Party's email communication platform. It's not Salesforce. That's not right. Are you sure? Salesforce is a business email communication platform. The Salesforce that's in the World Economic Forum? Yeah, that's one of the things they do. That's in the Dow? Oh, I thought it was a... uh... Like a hiring thing. Yeah, I think they do a lot of different oh. stuff related oh. to that. Oh, they have they're yeah they're okay. a pretty big company, versatile yeah. company, and they that guy are, stepped down. I think. Did he really? I do think so. Well, they are deep in the hands of the World Economic Forum. They were major players at the beginning of this. They were super excited. Their CEO, who may have stepped down, but I don't think the company has transformed to oppose the fascist world government it has been such an enthusiastic champion of because here they are now ready to hand over the emails of Republicans to the January 6th committee. All roads lead back to the World Economic Forum with all of these stories that we see in the news from January 6th to the vaccine to Ukraine. All of it's connected to the World Economic Forum. I agree with that totally. And um, I'm going to get into that in the deepest dive of the day. But before we get to that, I want to tell you if Mark Benioff is still the CEO of Salesforce, because I would hate to leave people with a mistake there. Yes, he is a founder and um, he is still the CEO. It was the former CEO who I had read stepped down to make way for this guy. But that was old news, old news. So, yes, Mark Benioff, the guy who came out and said the CEOs are going to save the world. Right. Yes. He and that really folds into the deepest dive of the day, which is a just uh, the part one of an analysis on how the war in Ukraine folds right in with the Great Reset, something that you identified immediately. And I did notice that a lot of the themes were continuing. And this article is basically a combination of both of those ideas, but really masterfully done. So I'm going to share some of that with you. I also want to tell you what we're going to talk about in the XR is Stacey Abrams, the love interest in the new Cinderella. And is the Great Resignation about to take a U-turn? But before we get to that, I want to encourage you to check out all of our, all the ways you can support us. You can donate, you can shop for something cool um, on our website, thepropreport.com. You can listen to the commercials that we have interjected into the show. 
Um, or you can get commercial free content and twice as much, or at least uh, it usually averages to be an hour commercial free XR every day that we put up a show like that. We do as many XR interviews as we can get. So that's 90 minutes of an interview versus 60 for free. And we do tons of exclusives on our various platforms like deep dives on Rockfin, live streams on Locals, DP disappearing patient parties on Patreon, Q&As on Patreon, Zoom parties on Patreon, a lot of different tiers, a lot of different platforms. So check us out any of those places. Um, let's start with today would be a great day to go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and try being a patron saint for just one month and see if you enjoy the Zoom party. It's this Saturday. It's on Ukraine. And now on to the sponsors. We don't know. And now on to the deepest dive of the day. So here it is. It's 10 signs that the war in Ukraine is part of the Great Reset. It was something I found in Off Guardian, which really is a source, a resource that is standing the test of time. And I know it is still authentic because Twitter doesn't want you to click through. So eventually they'll probably keep it from getting through at all. But I did notice that it was by an anonymous author, which I like a lot of times I now think that's good, that it's actually somebody who knows something and doesn't want to get fired. But it was from a website called winteroak.org.uk. So I don't know. But it was excellent, excellent work. So the first thing, if I may just rattle through, did you have a chance to look at that article? I scanned through it. I haven't read yeah. it. In so depth. it was it was a clearly, you know, there's just like 10 things. And I, I'm, I would like to just read the 10 of five of them. I just want to do five. But uh, basically, and you tell me if it's better for me to read the headline or to just summarize it because I can do it either way. All right. So the first one is they write the war between Russia and Ukraine is already causing unprecedented disruptions to global supply chains exacerbating fuel shortages and inducing chronic levels of inflation. That's absolutely true. I've noticed that the global, I, I actually identified each one of those items as being the things that were carried on through the Ukraine war that were already in place, despite the fact that Biden and his team claim that Putin's responsible for that stuff. It's was already underway. And then they go on to explain that this scenario, and I said the exact same thing, Will uh, this prolonged inflation is going to result in stagflation? There's they've moved people out of their jobs. They're replacing them with crappy uh, gig stuff or jobs that just will never come back. And yes, I'm going to talk about it in the XR, the Great Resignation. But I've been saying this is foreshadowing a labor surplus. And that's their second point. The war's economic fallout will lead to a dramatic downsizing of the global workforce. I absolutely believe that. And they are talking about the fourth industrial revolution where it does talk about like technology and biology converging. That's what that's all about. And these guys are saying the next step is that AI, it's not robots taking your line job. It's AI taking your white collar job. And that is something that's pretty scary, but it's absolutely true. I totally agree. That's what's happening. Here's another big one that I've absolutely identified from the, from the first is that, and I had just come to think about this, the climate 
issue as being a way to move away from fossil fuels for geopolitical reasons. Not climate, like climate was a cover for just taking away fossil fuels as the foundation of the global economy. They say the war has significantly reduced Europe's reliance on the Russian energy sector and reinforced the centrality of the UN Sustainable Development Goals and the net zero emissions, which lies at the heart of the Great Reset. And uh, they they actually say that the UN, those goals, the S, what do you call them, SDG goals and stakeholder capitalism are really this. Now, this is another thing. I mean, it's just really freaky. I'm not trying to do one of those things they used to teach me to do on WSB. Like, tell people that you said it already. Remind them that you're ahead of it. Like, promote yourself. Like, they taught me that and it's annoying. It's just not right on the podcast, but... Um, <laughs> But I can't help it now because like when you hear this stuff, you're going to say you or I were absolutely on top of this. It says uh, that stakeholder capitalism really refers to a system where governments are no longer the final arbiters of state policies and unelected private corporations become the de facto trustees of society, taking on the direct responsibility to address the world's social, economic and environmental challenges through macroeconomic cooperation and multi stakeholder model of global governance. It's what I call backdoor fascism. And I first saw it in that 2010 Rockefeller Foundation. I think it was hack attack where they said the governments are going to lose credibility and big ph- uh, philanthropy is going to be the de facto world government. Yeah, and we're seeing that play out definitely here with this war with these companies, these corporations pulling out of Ukraine as policy, causing other companies to pull out of Ukraine so they can be transparent about their ESG, their, their social... Yeah. And then you have people boycotting those who don't. Right. And then I think somebody called to my attention that Biden was trying to get Citibank or Citicorp or Credit Suisse or somebody... It would probably be city because I think Credit Suisse is Swiss, but I could be wrong. Um, a pass on on these like financial sanctions, restrictions, and that got a lot of news. And they were like, look, Biden's a two-faced hypocrite. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But it might be that they just want to show that no one is allowed to fall through the cracks here. And that so they don't they're not telling the companies not to do it. But the pressure that is fostered by a government, a media and academia that is totally in lockstep to use another 2010 Rockefeller Foundation um, reference is it's it would be crippling. That's what the World Economic Forum guys say. If you don't do what we say, your businesses will be crippled. And that is what ha- and they're setting it up for that so that you can't function outside that system. Yeah, you got that tennis player, too, who they're saying he might not be allowed to play in Wimbledon unless he denounces Putin. So you can't even just be silent. Oh, yeah, because then you're complicit. Yeah. Right. Wasn't complicity like the word of the year or something? When I think it was recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah baby. So uh, the fourth one is food shortages created by the war because Ukraine. I That's one of the first things I said. I, I get it's about the energy. But if it were to be about something else, Ukraine was always considered the breadbasket. So and Russia, too, is huge. I mean, it's I'm sure that the, they're huge wheat producers. If you ever read the book. I don't like the guy and I don't like the ending guns, germs and steel. The first like two thirds of the book was quite good. And it explains how the Eurasian continent has everything. They don't need to cross anything. They've got it all. Um, And if they drop out, it might, you know, it will impact us. So this says food shortages 
uh, will offer a major boon to the synthetic biology industry. That's another fourth industrial revolution thing as the convergence of digital technology with material science and biology will radically transform the agriculture sector and encourage the adoption of plant-based and lab grown alternatives on a global scale. And they point out that Bill Gates has the, that company. There was a so, panel discussion, I haven't watched it yet, that just came out yesterday from, it was either the CFR or the Chatham House, about the food situation moving forward. I guarantee Oh, I'd love to hear that, that because yeah. it says, now I, I included this because it was forward-looking, I think that's interesting for people. One can expect more government regulation to usher a dramatic overhaul to industrial food production and cultivation, ultimately benefiting agribusiness and biotech investors since food systems will be designed through emerging technologies to grow, quote, sustainable proteins and CRISPR gene-edited patented crops. So here's a problem with that. This could explain all the like blotting out the sun. Because if they're bringing all this stuff indoors, they they this food shortage I think is manufactured. I know Ice Age Farmer says we're having a solar minimum. They maybe designed it to work with that because it helps them. Could even be one of our locals followers said that the daylight savings time could play into a climate theme. And it could if you wake up and it's like darker all the time and they spray the stuff that makes it kind of overcast all the time. I mean, it could have a psychological impression. It could, you know, it doesn't actually change the sun, but it could make you feel like something's terribly wrong, you know, in the winter. I don't know, but I feel like all these things are coming together as to the climate thing is attacking our food supply and our energy supply. So I found that interesting. And then the last one that I'm going to cover today is the Russian exclusion from SWIFT. This is uh, what I was talking about with the Kim thing, and I already identified this. Foreshadows an economic reset, which will generate precisely the kind of blowback necessary for corralling large swaths of the global population into a technocratic control grid. And it says the number one benefactor of these economic and financial sanctions against Russia is China, who already had this stuff in the works and they could reshape the Eurasian market by encouraging members of the EU into the Shanghai Cooperation Organization and BRICS to bypass SWIFT and continue to deal with them in digital yuan. And it says that the demand for cryptocurrencies will see a massive spike, but that will encourage governments to increasingly regulate the sector through public blockchains and enforce a multilateral ban on decentralized cryptocurrencies. I was I, I did a deep dive that you missed on Thursday on Biden's executive order on uh, crypto, which was lengthy. It was elaborate and it addresses this and much, much more. So people, I don't think we posted that to Rumble, but normally, I don't know if people know this, on Thursdays, we cut out the deep dive video and we post it as a one-off to Rumble. I bet we could sometimes post it to YouTube if it's not controversial, but... Yeah, definitely. We shall see, but you can check that out. That was, uh, if you want to watch the video on Rumble, it's from last Thursday, which is like March 10th, and it's about 20 minutes in. So, all right, I've got a little bit of a wrap. All right. Um, Lenore, who is a good friend of the show, says, Hey, friends, there is an Exit and Build Summit. The second one, Exit and Build Summit 2, has launched. 
Join us in Central Texas for a three-day immersive summit focusing on proven strategies and hands-on help for moving to the country into a self-sufficient homestead and liberty-oriented community for lifelong freedom. Speakers include Joel Salatin, Jim Gale, our friend, Paul Wheaton, Jack Spirko, Derek Bros, and more. So I put the contact there in, uh, it'll be at the top of the show notes. It's um, how you can figure out where that is and how to get there. Also, uh, I thought this was super cool. We got an email from, I don't know if it was a CFO or marketing guy. I should probably know, but a high mucky muck at Feedspot, which is a platform for podcasts, podcasting news, other news. Um, you're probably familiar with it. I was that we are now on their list of 60 top news podcasts and we're not even number 60. We're number 30 and it's up there with like oh, CBS and PBS. I didn't even realize that. I didn't even realize we we're number 30. I just saw the top. Yeah, no, points. he likes us yeah. and he was super psyched and he put us in there and uh, I was complimented. But I mean, if you look at it, like you would never expect alternative media to be on there, but and we're in their news podcast section. So I put a link to that in the show notes also, which is um, something good about their site is that they carry over the show notes. So it's easy to follow the show notes from their site as well. That is fantastic. Yes, 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 yes. Well, thank you, Monica. That was fantastic. Thank you guys for listening. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that we post every time we post a DMB, go to propreport.locals.com, patreon.com slash propaganda report, or rockfin.com slash propaganda report, and check out our, our various different offerings on each platform. We do offer different things on each platform. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the DMBXR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.